Hey guys, Anthony here, and I just wanted to give you a big biohack thank you for listening. I'm so humbled and grateful that you're spending some of your day with me and the Biohacking Secrets Show. And if you get any value from this episode, or you've gotten value from previous episodes, it would mean the world if you could leave us a five-star review on iTunes and share this episode with your friends, family members, and coworkers on social media. That way we can continue to spread this information and positively impact as many lives as possible. And it's also how our podcast gets discovered by more people. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show. This is your life and it's ending one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we can buy shit we don't need. Ideas are breakfast. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. What's up, biohackers? Anthony DiClemente here with a cool episode that I think you guys are going to dig. It's called The Most Dangerous Technology Ever Invented. And that is not to sound superfluous or uh, exaggerating or exaggerative, but um, I don't know if I'm making up words right now. I might be. Uh, but you guys get it nonetheless. And uh, before we get into that, it's going to be a fun story time episode. This one's going to be a little bit different. It's from my man, Arthur Fistenberg, who most of you won't be familiar with. Those of you who are will be excited. Uh, And those of you who aren't will be excited by the end. And the way that these story time episodes work is I share excerpts, content, studies, books, resources with you guys that uh, that I'm reading, that I'm enjoying, and that I find thought-provoking. And then when you stick around to the end, I share what it's from. And that way, if you want to continue your journey, your expansion, you can do that. Um, a fun announcement. We just... We just announced that the Ultimate Biohacking Experience 2022 is on like Donkey Kong, and it's going down April 21st through the 24th in Western North Carolina. It's going to be on or near the uh, 65 acres upon which we are building our family homestead, biohacking gym, uh, house for my parents, house for myself, house for my brother, his wife, all that fun stuff. And if you guys want to participate in that experience to connect with a tribe of like-minded brothers from another mother to learn what's at the leading edge of uh, total human optimization, the specific things that I'm doing that we're using with Olympians, Guinness World Record holders, uh, Navy SEALs, Green Berets, and then just high-level entrepreneurs that are obsessed with living life uh, as the best version of themselves, fully optimized in body and mind, in the best shape of their life, thinking quickly on their feet. It's all going down. I'm going to be doing a masterclass on peptides, where if you're not familiar with thymolin, uh, DSIP, which is deep sleep inducing peptide, MOTS-C, BPC-157, there's going to be a whole bunch. We're going into all of the peptides that I've tested and been using for a while, ones that uh, have, where a lot of research suggests they're extremely effective uh, uh, and efficacious at reversing biological aging. We're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about how to increase your sex drive and maximize your sexual performance, how to connect deeper with your partner, because realistically, it's not a performance 
it's a connection. It's an opportunity for uh, two souls, the, the the masculine energy and the feminine energy to come together and uh, create something unique that, um, yeah, in, in, in many ways merges mind, heart, and, uh, and soul. So we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be doing a ton of hardcore, really fun stuff, pushing one another outside of our comfort zone, eating really good food, uh, connecting with nature, utilizing the, the cutting edge of technology as it pertains to human optimization and a whole bunch more. And you can learn more about that at biohackingweek.com. Or if you want, you can send uh, your check. We're doing a two-for-one for for the first 10 men to enroll. So uh, if you send a check to Anthony DiClemente or Biohacking Secrets, P.O. Box 7151, Deerfield, Illinois, 60015, uh, you get two tickets to the Ultimate Biohacking Experience 2022 for the price of one. So instead of 5K per ticket, you'd get uh, two tickets, two credits. You know, it doesn't mean you need to know who's coming with you right away. You could sell it to somebody else, um, or you could bring a friend or a family member. We are doing just men for this one, but if our female listeners want us to do an ultimate biohacking experience that is uh, all women, we've done that before and it was incredible. So we could do that again. But this first one, April twenty first to the twenty fourth, uh, twenty twenty two, is men only. So um, we're also doing letters. We've got some letters that have started coming in, and it's really amazing. You guys are sharing your biohacking stories, questions. Um, some of you have included donations. That's that's really generous of you. And uh, it's all open. If you've gotten value from the Biohacking Secrets show, from the, the Biohacker's Guide to Upgrade to Energy and Focus, from the content that we've put out there, if it's helped your, uh, upgrade your life in any way, uh, we want to hear your story. Want we want your questions, and feel free to uh, share a donation because in life we get uh, we should support the things that make our life or our lives better. You know, so if this has done that for you, cool. If it hasn't, that's also cool. All good. No, no pressure. Uh, that PO box is uh, Anthony DiClemente or Biohacking Secrets PO box seventy one fifty one Deerfield Illinois six zero zero one five. Or if you t- if you prefer to submit your question uh, digitally, you can go to entropystream.live slash Biohacking Secrets. That's E N T R O P Y S T R E A M dot L-I-V-E slash B-I-O-H-A-C-K-I-N-G-S-E-C-R-E-T-S. You choose send paid chat, send in your question, and I will give you the best answer that I am capable of giving. So uh, now, without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. It's a story time episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show, and it's titled The Most Dangerous technology ever invented. (laughs) Spooky. (laughs) All right, here we go. In 1995, the telecommunications industry was preparing to introduce a dangerous new product to the United States, the digital cell phone. Existing cell phones were analog and expensive, owned mostly by the wealthy, used only a few minutes at a time, and used only for a few minutes. There actually wasn't an and there. So, all right. Used only for a few minutes at a time. Many were car phones, 
whose antennas were outside the car, not held in one's hand or next to one's brain. Cell phones worked only in or near large cities. The few cell towers that existed were mostly on hilltops, mountaintops, or skyscrapers, not close to where people lived. The problem for the telecommunications industry in 1995 was liability. Microwave radiation, which is electrical radiation that comes from cell phones and Wi-Fi routers and the smart meters on our homes and Bluetooth devices, it's harmful. Cell phones were going to damage everyone's brain, make people obese, give millions of people cancer, heart disease, and diabetes. And cell towers were going to damage forests, wipe out insects, torture and kill birds and wildlife. This was all known. Extensive research had already been done in the United States, Canada, Soviet Union, Eastern Europe, and elsewhere. Biologist Alan Frey, under contract with the U.S. Navy, was so alarmed by the results of his animal studies that he refused to experiment on humans. Guess what, guys? It's going on right now. <laughs> Quote, I've seen too much, he told colleagues at a symposium in 1969. I very carefully avoid exposure myself, and I have for quite some time now. I do not feel that I can take people into these fields and expose them, and in all honesty, indicate to them that they are going, that they are going into something safe, end quote. Frey discovered that microwave radiation, also known as electrical radiation from cell phones, Wi-Fi routers, Bluetooth devices, the smart meters on our homes, etc., damages the blood-brain barrier. This is the protective barrier that keeps bacteria, viruses, parasites, and toxic chemicals out of your brain and keeps them uh, and, and keeps the insides of your head at a constant pressure, preventing you from having a stroke. He discovered that people and animals can hear microwaves. He discovered that he could stop a frog's heart by timing microwave pulses at a precise point in the heart's rhythm. The power level he used for that experiment was only 0.6 microwatts per square centimeter, thousands of times lower than the radiation from today's cell phones. So you might be thinking... Well, yeah, but frogs are hundreds, if not thousands of times smaller than humans. Yeah, frogs aren't on cell phones all day long, and they weren't participating in these experiments all day long. It would, it would only take a moment. So you start to ask yourself, why is heart disease and cerebrovascular disease one of the leading causes of death, right up there with cancer, the growing deaths from neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, dementia? And then, of course, you have medical error, but that's neither. It's less relevant for this episode. Okay, so let's continue. Ophthalmologist, uh, <laughs> Ophthalmologist Milton Zaret, who had contracts with the U.S. Army, Navy, and Air Force, as well as with the CIA, the Central Intelligence Agency, discovered in the 1960s that low-level microwave radiation causes cataracts. In 1973, he testified before the Commerce Committee of the United States Senate, saying, quote, There is a clear, present, and ever-increasing danger, he told the senators, to the entire population of our country from exposure to the entire non-ionizing portion of the electromagnetic spectrum. The dangers cannot be overstated. 
Zaret told the committee about patients who he told the, he told the committee about patients who not only had cataracts caused by exposure to microwave radiation, but also malignant tumors, cardiovascular disease, hormonal imbalances, arthritis, mental illness, as well as neurological problems in children born to them. These patients ranged from military personnel exposed to radar to housewives exposed to their microwave ovens. Guys, I've I've used this example before. Uh, but if you look at look at people pictures of people on the beach in the 50s, 60s, 70s, people weren't obese, and there wasn't this catalog of ridiculous diets that so many people are on these days. The biggest changes have been our increased exposure to electrical radiation, right? From all of the technology that I'll continue to mention a thousand times throughout this so that we all make the connections and understand what's going on. It's from toxins that are increasingly present in our water, our food, the genetic modification that's taking place that countries or companies like Monsanto are, are pushing on people who can't afford organic food or aren't willing to make changes to their life and grow their own organic food. It's heavy metals like mercury, aluminum, and a wide range of others that turn our body into an antenna. It's the vaccines. Yes, vaccines are not what you've been led to believe they are, as you're probably realizing as this vaccine agenda rolls out. They're loaded with mercury, aluminum. You know, they call it uh, thimerosal. They don't call it mercury. But if you look at the ingredients, most of the vaccines that you've gotten contain thimerosal, mercury, aluminum. And they'll say it's a preservative, but these things are toxic. And especially when they're combined with uh, uh, electrical radiation that has degraded the blood-brain barrier, they're able to get into your brain and, and, and your central nervous system, your cerebral spinal fluid, and they're able to start causing neurodegeneration. So um, yeah, it's, it's not about food, guys. And much respect to people like Dr. Mark Hyman and, uh, and many others like he had a very positive influence on me back in the day, but um, even Dr. Alan Christensen, who I've had on the podcast, like I've got a lot of respect for these guys, but if they're not talking about electrical radiation, microwave radiation at this point, it's like, it's very uh, suspect. It's it's that obvious, you know? Um, and, and all you need to do is look at the changes that have happened to the human physique over the past few decades, and you're like, okay, people are eating more. Like if you if you told your grandma, whatever the last, like think about the last time you were on a diet or a nutrition program or whatever, like you want to call it. Imagine explaining to your grandma or great grandma what what that diet was all about. She would think you were completely insane, and uh, she'd be like, wait, you only eat meat, or like, wait, you don't eat any meat, or wait you, what's a nightshade? What? You know what I mean? Like, think about it. It's ridiculous. And it's because we're not addressing the real factors that influence health and human performance, or at least we're, we've got big blind spots that are holding us back. So let's uh, continue here. Quote, the microwave oven leaked uh, leakage 
standard set by the Bureau of Radiological Health, he told the committee, is approximately 1 billion times higher than the total entire microwave spectrum given off by the sun. It is appalling for these ovens to be permitted to leak at all, let alone for the oven advertisements to encourage our children to have fun learning to cook with them. End quote. The microwave oven leakage standard today in 2021 is the same as it was in 1973. 5 milliwatts per square centimeter at a distance of 5 centimeters. And the microwave exposure levels to the brain from every cell phone in use today, including the one that's probably in your pocket, not in airplane mode, are higher than that. Right? Put your phone in airplane mode, guys. Make sure you're unplugged. Like if, okay, let me, I'm going to continue with this, but I'm having fun. I'm getting fired up. So, some actionable takeaways that will dramatically decrease the amount of radiation that you're exposed to. Uh, your phone should be in airplane mode like all the time, only taken out of airplane mode when you're going to use it. Batch your work. Keep your screen time under two hours per day. If you have a health condition, you know it should be less than an hour if you've, if you've been dealing with anything chronic. Your computer, whatever computer or laptop that you use, get an Ethernet cord um, and an Ethernet to USB adapter. Run that to your computer so that on your computer, this is the important part, you can then turn off Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. That takes your computer from being a little cell tower to just a computer. And it works even faster with an Ethernet cord that you plug into an Ethernet to USB adapter and just plug right into your computer. So that's number two. Number three, uh, I wouldn't, I mean, I would not have any Wi-Fi in any place that you live or work. Uh, but that's not always possible, at least on the work side. But we, you know, in, in either of our homes, there's no Wi-Fi running through the air. We just have um, routers that are uh, hardwired. But at a minimum, if you do have Wi-Fi, unplug it at night when you're going to bed. Or if there's someone that you live with that like stays up later than you and uses it, um, ask them to unplug it when they go to bed. You know what I mean? And that's that's a pretty fair request. No one needs it on while they're sleeping, right? And um, and then, yeah, get the smart meter taken off of your home. If you own your house, uh, call and ask them to go back to an old analog meter rather than having a little cell tower on the side of your house that sends a blast of radiation two to six times every minute to the power company. And you may get a little pushback, but um, push back yourself. <laughs> yeah, have some... Uh, have some cojones. All right, here we go. Let's continue. Let's continue with the most dangerous technology ever invented. The Navy at that time was exposing soldiers to low-level microwave radiation in research being conducted in Pensacola, Florida. Echoing Frey, Zaret said these experiments were unethical. Quote, I don't believe it is possible, he told the Senate committee, to get informed untainted consent from any young adult who agrees to be exposed to irradiation where you are not sure of what the end result is going to be. Also, that any children that he has at some future time may suffer from this irradiation. He re-emphasized the ethical problem with this research. Quote, I think of it, I think if it was explained fully to them, and they still volunteered for this project, one would question their mental capacity right off the start. Guess what, guys? We are participating in this experiment. <laughs> Let's continue. 
Scientists experimenting on birds were just as alarmed by their results and issued warnings about the environmental effects of the radiation our society was unleashing on the world that were just as dire as the warnings delivered to the Congress by to Congress by Milton Zeret and the warnings delivered to the Navy by Alan Frey. In the late 1960s and continuing through the 1970s, John Tanner and his colleagues at Canada's National Research Council exposed chickens, pigeons, and seagulls to microwave radiation and found frightening effects at every level of exposure. Chickens exposed to between 0.19 and 360 microwatts per square centimeter for nine months developed tumors of the central nervous system and avian leukosis also a type of tumor of the ovaries, intestines, and the organs in which some birds that reached massive proportions on a scale never before seen by veterinarians experienced with avian diseases. Mortality was high in the irradiated birds. All of the exposed birds at every power level had deteriorated plumage who's with, with feathers lost, broken, or with tri- twisted and brittle shafts. Right, So we've known about this stuff for a long time, and you might be thinking, but Anthony, if it was that bad for us, wouldn't we know about it? We do. We do. It's just not on the mainstream telecommunication channels because they're owned by the very agencies that want to put out a 5G control grid where they can track and monitor every single thing that you do, right? Like that's one of the big agendas is to roll out 5G and the internet of things with your cell phone, Obama brought it in, right? They justified giving away all of our freedoms by what happened on 9-11 that they did, right? And the, the agenda is to be able to track and monitor and, and record everything that you do. And they need an electrical wireless infrastructure in order to do that. So it's in their interest to not publicize this information on a mass scale. That's why we do this at the Biohacking Secrets Show. So if you guys enjoy this episode and you're getting value from this, if some of it's clicking, share the shit out of it. Share it with people. Tell them to give it a listen. And uh, yeah, appreciate you. All right. In other experiments in which these researchers irradiated birds at higher power, the birds collapsed in pain within seconds. This occurred not only when the whole bird was irradiated, but also when only its tail feathers were irradiated and the rest of the bird was carefully shielded. In further experiments, they proved that the bird's feathers make fine receiving aerials for microwaves and speculated that migratory birds may use their feathers to obtain directional information. We now know that that is true. Birds, turtles, a lot of the migratory animals do pick up on um, these frequencies from the earth and that's how they get their direction and they know where to fly. It's not like that they were taught and given directions at some point, it's it's the, the um, magnetic frequency of the earth. These scientists warned that increasing levels of ambient microwaves would cause wild birds distress and might interfere with their navigation. Uh, Maria Sadjikova, working in Moscow, uh, Vaklav Bartonisek, and Eliska Klimkova, Duchova, working in Czechoslovakia, oh my gosh, and Valentina 
Nikitina, <laughs> who, who examined officers of the Russian Navy, found as early as 1960 that the majority of people exposed to microwave radiation on the job, even people who had ceased such employment five to ten years previously, had elevated blood sugar or had sugar in their urine. Animal experiments showed that the radiation directly interferes with metabolism, and it does so rapidly. Now, can you guys see how trying like the, you know, some other diet that becomes popular, if, if you're not addressing the radiation, how it's just at this point stupid? You get it. You get it. You guys already know. You've been, you've been on this for a while, but um, help other people realize Right. So animal experiments showed that radiation directly interferes with metabolism and it does it rapidly. In 1962, uh, a, a man in Leningrad exposed rabbits to low level radio waves and found that the animal's blood sugar rose by one third in less than an hour. In 1982, Vasily, another guy in Kiev, reported that the amount of sugar in the urine was in direct proportion to the dose of radiation and the number of times the animal was exposed. Uh, a couple other people in 1994 reported that insulin levels decreased by 15% in rats exposed for just half an hour and by 50% in rats exposed for 12 hours to pulsed radiation at a power level of 100 microwatts per square centimeter. This level is comparable to the radiation a person receives today sitting directly in front of a wireless computer and considerably less than what a person's brain receives from a cell phone. Everyone's getting it. Everyone's getting it. Let's continue. These were just a few of the thousands of studies being performed all over the world at that time that found profound effects of microwave radiation on every human organ and on the functioning and reproduction of every plant and animal. A man by the last name of Glazer, G-L-A-S-E-R, commissioned by the U.S. Navy in 1971 to catalog the world's literature on the health effects of microwave and radio frequency radiation, collected 5,083 studies. This is in 1971. There's way more now. I mean, we're well over 10,000 studies. Um, it's just buried Right? So in 1971, he collected 5,083 studies, textbooks, and conference proceedings. Um, actually, he collected, okay, it said he, he'd collected all of that by 1981. Okay, he'd collected them all by 1981. He managed to find about half of the literature existing at that time. So there was already 10,000 studies. This is in, you know, let's call it 1981, the year I was born. I'm almost 40 years old. Proving that microwave radiation, the, the same electrical radiation from your phones, from Wi-Fi routers, from Bluetooth devices, from the Internet of Things, from the smart meters on your home, from, you know, the, these Tesla cars, the smart, anything that's called smart, it's pretty dumb to have. Basically, that's a good rule of thumb. So if you're getting ready to buy something that is, that's got a smart in the name, uh, better just to run away and get something old. <laughs> I know that's probably not going to happen for a lot of people, but realistically it is, it is kind of a good proxy for something that's kicking off dangerous radiation, doing all of these things that we're reading about to your body. Um, so about 10,000 studies had proven microwave and uh, electrical radiation to be dangerous to all life already. 
before 1981, and now there's way, way more. Now more than 2,000 years ago, Hippocrates, who many consider to be the father of Western medicine, said, quote, give me the power to create a fever and I shall cure any disease, end quote. Now, the reason Hippocrates said this is because when we induce uh, or have a naturally occurring fever, there's a number of things that happen. The immune system gets stimulated. We see the growth of bacteria and viruses slow down, in some cases come to a complete halt. The production of white blood cells, the primary agents of our immune system, is stimulated and the rate of their release into the bloodstream is increased. And the generation of antibodies speeds up, as does the production of interferon, which is an antiviral protein that also has powerful cancer-fighting properties. Now, many of you know that I had overcome Lyme disease as part of my journey, but uh, what you may not know is that this past October, I was up at our lake house and I got bit two more times and I was knocked out. I slept for almost 24 hours. And even though I tried to be proactive by taking uh, a, a month's worth of the antibiotic doxycycline, I, I'd felt off after that. And what I found over the years, and the more I kind of dug into some of the pioneering research on Lyme disease and this condition caused by the, the spirochete Borrelia burgdorferi, is that many times when we do ozone or ultraviolet blood radiation, or we use IV light therapy, it's able to clear out the bacteria that's in our blood, but it's not so effective at getting into the brain, the central nervous system, and the connective tissue where these uh, spirochete bacteria can almost hibernate and then start to multiply and come back out when the coast is clear. And this is one of the reasons that many people do courses and courses of IV antibiotics, oral antibiotics. They do herbal protocols like the Cowden protocol or the, the, the Bunner protocol, all of which I've done and uh, to the nth degree. And a lot of times you end up in this loop where you feel good for a few months or half a year or a year, and then uh, you kind of find yourself not feeling so good again. And um, I can certainly relate to that in some ways. And I know a lot of people that have dealt with Lyme or have had loved ones deal with chronic Lyme um, can relate. Well, there is a clinic in Bad Eibling, uh, Germany called St. George. And they have pioneered a process called extreme whole body hyperthermia. Based on some of the research from the 1927 Nobel Prize, they found that the Borrelia bacteria is very similar to the bacteria that causes syphilis. And its Achilles heel is heat. Specifically, when you heat the body up to around 107 degrees in a safe, controlled, medically supervised uh, scenario, and you keep it there for two hours, the bacteria can't survive. And they've developed a protocol that combines this extreme whole body hyperthermia, two sessions, one week apart over a period of two weeks, and then 10 days of intravenous um, hyperthermia augmented antibiotic therapy, a whole host of IV vitamins and cocktails, along with some cutting edge biohacks, and their efficacy in curing Lyme disease is second to none. The 
medical director who I just had on the Biohacking Secrets show, Dr. Uh, Frederick Dows. He's helped over 25,000 people uh, with this treatment and combining it with low levels of chemotherapy for cancer. And uh, he discovered almost on accident that it was just as effective for people dealing with chronic Lyme. And he's now helped uh, 2,500 people from all over the world overcome Lyme disease. And these are people that in many cases had seen five, 10, 15 plus doctors and been told there's essentially nothing we can do for you. And they've come here and had a tremendous amount of success. And I can tell you that in just two treatments, I'm already feeling better than I've felt in a really long time. And uh, this upcoming week, we're doing some intravenous uh, laser therapy combined with IV riboflavin to knock out Bartonella, Babesia, and some of the co-infections that can accompany Lyme, but are much harder to treat if you haven't first addressed the Lyme Borrelia bacteria that uh, has a very potent immune suppressing effect. So if you or someone you know uh, have been dealing with chronic Lyme, either you had it and you're in a good place right now, but you're concerned it may come back, or you're experiencing some of these cyclical fluctuations with brain fog, uh, bad moods, low energy, etc. I encourage you to go to uh, clinic-st-george.de slash en. I know that's a little bit uh, hard to interpret, so I'll, I'll spell it out for you. But if you just Google search Clinic St. George, K-L-I-N-I-K-S-T-G-E-O-R-G in bad eibling, B-A-D space A-I-B-L-I-N-G, Germany, you'll see uh, all of the information that I'm talking about and some of these different therapies that they have developed um, and that work exceedingly well with this extreme whole body hyperthermia. That website, one more time, is klinik-st-georg.de slash en, and that'll give it to you in English. So I encourage you, if you know someone that's got cancer, Lyme disease, anything chronic, including Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, multiple sclerosis, dementia, uh, ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, get on a call with the medical staff at Clinic St. George and see if it might be a fit for you to come out here, get yourself sorted. Um, I'm already feeling a world of difference and I'm really excited for the weeks to come because those little ticks, uh, they can get you. <laughs> All right, now back to the episode. Let's talk about cooking your DNA and roasting your nerves. In the early 1980s, Mays Suicord, S-W-I-C-O-R-D, working for the National Center for Devices and Radiological Health at the Food and Drug Administration, decided to test his conjecture that DNA resonantly absorbs microwave radiation and that even a very low level of radiation, although producing no measurable heat in the human body, this is important. I'll finish the sentence and then comment. Although producing no measurable heat in the human body as a whole may nevertheless heat your DNA. This is true. You're going to hear a lot of like people that have read like two studies on this stuff tell you that, but it's it's non-ionizing radiation. Guys, guys, it's been proven to be, they're saying it's been proven to be non-ionizing. That's like 
confusing nerd speak for, but it doesn't heat you up, but it does. It does. And that's not even what matters because what it's doing is it's causing double-stranded DNA breaks. It's causing your mitochondria, the little energy powerhouses of your cells to become damaged and die uh, because your cells are getting flooded with calcium ions and the subsequent resulting uh, free radicals like uh, peroxynitrate that, that damage your DNA. Right, So it's not about heat. And when you hear someone go, oh, it's been proven for a long time that it's non-ionizing radiation, just be like, that's not what matters. You know, it's, it's, it's like a uh, – it's a dismissal loop or a dismissal script, right, to get people to write it off. This shit's bad for you. He exposed a solution containing a small amount of DNA to microwave radiation and found that the DNA itself was absorbing 400 times as much radiation as the solution that it was in, and that different lengths of DNA strands resonantly absorb different frequencies of microwave radiation. So even though the overall temperature of your cells may not be raised to any detectable degree by the radiation, the DNA inside your cells may be heated tremendously. Suicord's later research confirmed that this damages DNA, causing both single and double-stranded DNA breakage. Professor Charles Polk of the University of Rhode Island reported essentially the same thing at the 22nd annual meeting of the Bioelectric Magnetics Society in June 2000 in Munich, Germany. The Bioelectric Magnetics Society, I bet there's a waiting list for that one, but they're probably doing great work, honestly. I'm having fun, but I bet they talk about a lot of interesting shit and are some smart characters in there. Uh, direct measurements had recently shown that DNA is much more electrically conductive than anyone had suspected. It had a conductivity of at least 105 Siemens per meter. I'm not making that up. I guess a Siemen spelled S-I-E-M-E-N is a unit of measurement, which is about one-tenth as conductive as mercury. All right, so DNA is uh, about... That's very fascinating. Um, okay. So anyway, uh, it's one-tenth as conductive as mercury. A cell phone held to your head may irradiate your brain at a specific absorption rate, or SAR, of about one watt per kilogram, which produces little overall heating. Polk calculated, however, that this level of radiation would raise the temperature in the interior of your DNA by 60 degrees Celsius per second. He said that the tissues cannot dissipate heat that rapidly and that such a heating would rupture the bonds between complementary strands of DNA and would explain the DNA breakage reported in various studies. There's no way around this, guys, besides adjusting the way that you use technology. Phone in airplane mode, you got to have your computer hardwired, turn off the Wi-Fi and Bluetooth on your computer, get rid of Wi-Fi in your house, or at a minimum, have it unplugged while you're sleeping, and get rid of that smart meter on your house if you own your home, and swap it for an old analog one. Let's continue. Repetition is the mother or father of skill. All right, here we go. Um, coupled with action, of course. All right, and then in 2006, Marcus and Antoinetti 
at Germany's Max Planck Institute wondered whether a similar type of resonant absorption occurs in the synapses of our nerves. Cell phones are designed so the radiation they emit will not heat your brain more than one degree Celsius. But what happens in the tiny environment of a synapse where electrically charged ions are involved in transmitting nerve impulses from one neuron to another? Antoinetti and his colleagues stimulated the con- stimulated simulated simulated no t simulated the conditions in nerve synapses with tiny fat droplets in salt water and exposed the emulsions to microwave radiation at frequencies between 10 microhertz and 4 gigahertz the resonant absorption frequencies as expected depended on the size of the droplets and other properties of the solution but it was the size of the absorption peaks that shocked antoinetti or antonetti And it's A-N-T-O-N-I-E-T-T-I. Quote, and now comes the tragedy, said Antonetti. Exactly where we are closest to the conditions in the brain, we see the strongest heating. There is a hundred times as much energy absorbed as previously thought. This is a horror. Efforts by the EPA to protect Americans. Faced with a barrage of alarming scientific results, The U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, or EPA, established its own microwave radiation research laboratory, which operated from 1971 until 1985, with up to 30 full-time staff exposing dogs, monkeys, rats, and other animals to microwaves, or also known as electrical radiation. When you call it microwave radiation, I feel like people get confused. When you call it electrical radiation, people kind of get it. Like, anything that's electrical that that, runs on electricity and is wireless is electrical radiation. It's it's the same as microwave radiation. It's the same as RF or radio frequency, but I like I personally call it electrical radiation. So, feel free to hijack that term if you want. The EPA was so disturbed by the results of its experiments that it proposed already in 1978 to develop guidelines for human exposure to microwave radiation for adoption and enforcement by other federal agencies whose activities were contributing to a rapidly thickening fog of electromagnetic pollution throughout our nation. But there was pushback by those agencies. I wonder why. Would that interfere with the 5G control grid? (laughs) The Food and Drug Administration did not want the proposed exposure limits to apply to microwave ovens or computer screens. The Federal Aviation Administration did not even want to have to protect the public from the air traffic control and weather radars. The Department of Defense did not want the limits to apply to military radars. The CIA, NASA, Department of Energy, Coast Guard, and Voice of America did not want to have to limit public exposure to their own sources of radiation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Finally, in June 1990, and if you guys are interested in this stuff and you're enjoying this and you want help, I mean, probably the best thing that you could do is uh, apply for our Apex coaching program. I walk you through every single thing, how to take your environment and make it mimic the environment that your DNA and your cells and your mitochondria uh, evolved with and thrive in so that you can be in the best shape of your life, think faster, work smarter, get more done in less time, and just have an overall better quality of life. Have more fun. Enjoy it because you're more aligned and not feeling like you're constantly in in fight or flight or you know sympathetic dominance, right? Like there's there's levels to this game. And if you want help with it, get a coach. You know, there's so many people that are making so much money these days and like spending it on 
things, right? When like the best thing that you could do is learn exactly which switches to flip with your own DNA, with your own body and mind and spirit in order to, you know, optimize everything. All right. So here we go. So finally, oh, and if you want, (laughs) I guess I should tell you how to do that. Go to biohackercoaching.com, B-I-O-H-A-C-K-E-R-C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G.com. Uh, let me know you're interested in our apex program and, uh, and you want to get this stuff dialed in and I can help you do it as good or better than anyone else in the world at this point. Finally, in June 1995, with the telecommunications industry planning to put microwave radiation devices into the hands and next to the brains of every man, woman, and child, and erect millions of cell towers with antennas in cities, towns, villages, forests, wildlife preserves, and national parks throughout the country in order to make those devices work, the EPA announced that it was going to issue phase one of its exposure guidelines in early 1996. The Federal Communications Commission would have been required to enforce those guidelines, cell phones and cell towers. Oh, wait. The the Federal Communications Commission would have been required to enforce those guidelines. Cell phones and cell towers would have been illegal. And even if they were not illegal, telecommunications companies would have been exposed to unlimited liability for all of the suffering, disease, and mortality they were about to cause. But it was not to be. The Electromagnetic Energy Association, an industry lobbying group, succeeded in preventing the EPA's exposure guidelines from being published. But I'm going to read that one more time. The Electromagnetic Energy Association, an industry lobbying group, succeeded in preventing the EPA's exposure guidelines from being published. On September 13, 1995, the Senate Committee on appropriations stripped the $350,000 that had been budgeted for the EPA's work on its exposure guidelines and wrote in its report, quote, the committee believes EPA should not engage in EMF activities, period, end quote. The personal, I mean, there's so much corruption, it's, it's unbelievable. The Personal Communications Industry Association, or CTIA, another industry group, also lobbied Congress, which was drafting a bill called the Telecommunications Act, Telecommunications Act, and a provision was added to the act prohibiting states and local governments from regulating, quote-unquote, personal wireless service facilities, end quote, on the basis of their, quote-unquote, environmental effects. So they're basically saying, uh, yeah, you guys can't... Or, or they were trying to stop people from prohibiting local governments and people from saying, hey, this stuff causes cancer and we don't want a ton of these towers around us. Um, and we also realized that they're kind of necessary for you to spy on us. So, uh, yeah, get it out of our town. It's not coming in. They're trying to say that that's illegal. That provision shielded the telecommunications industry from any and all liability for injury from both cell towers and cell phones and permitted that industry to sell the most dangerous technology ever invented to the American public. People were no longer allowed to tell their elected officials about their injuries at public hearings. Scientists were no longer allowed to testify in court about the dangers of this technology. Every means for the public to find out that wireless technology was killing them was suddenly prohibited. 
the telecommunications industry has done such a good job selling this technology that today the average American household contains 25 different devices that emit microwave radiation and the average American spends five hours per day on their cell phone, has it in their pocket next to their body the rest of the day and sleeps with it all night in or next to their bed. Today, almost every man, woman, and child holds a microwave radiation device in their hand or against their brain or body all day, every day, completely unaware of what they are doing to themselves, their family, their pets, their friends, their neighbors, the birds in their yard, the ecosystem, and their planet. Those people who are even aware there is a problem at all typically only view the towers as a threat, but their phone as a friend. So I'm going to pause there. If you guys dig this, we'll do a uh, part two of the most dangerous technology ever invented. That was created by my man, Arthur Fistenberg, author of The Invisible Rainbow. Highly, highly, highly recommend picking up his book if you dug any of that. Uh, subscribe to his newsletter. You can probably just do a Google search, Arthur Fistenberg. Um, and... Uh, yeah, that was that was from his newsletter, and he titled it "The Most Dangerous Technology Ever Invented." Uh, we will do a part two because I thought I thought that was fascinating, and yeah, if you guys want to get this shit handled and clean up your home, I'll show you exactly how to do that as part of our Apex Coaching Program, um, where we optimize everything: mind, body, and spirit. We'll get your environment dialed in, cleaned up. And make sure your DNA, your cells, your mitochondria, your brain, your heart, uh, every organ in your body is uh, set up to not not just thrive, but to uh, perform at its best for many decades to come. And you can learn more about that at biohackercoaching.com. If you want to send in your letters or uh, grab one of the uh, two-for-one deals for the Ultimate Biohacking Experience event, uh, April 21st to the 24th, 2021, you can send in uh, a check or a donation or a letter with your questions to Anthony DiClemente or Biohacking Secrets. It's P.O. Box 7151, Deerfield, Illinois, 60015. Deerfield is one word. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening. The I mean, hopefully you guys are seeing the only way this information gets out there is by you sharing it, right? That's, uh, that's why we do what we do. So thank you for listening. Um, let's, let's share this information. Send this to your friends, family, uh, coworkers, and uh, tell them, hey, check this out. I think you'll dig it. All right. Appreciate you guys. I'm Anthony DiClemente signing off. Time to land this plane, and I will talk to you soon in another podcast or video or wherever I see you. What's up, guys? Anthony here. And one of my favorite things to do is helping men and women like you feel what it's like living life with the body you've always wanted and all day energy that starts the moment you wake up and doesn't quit. Over the past decade, we've created a proprietary health assessment that helps me to identify the unique toxicities and deficiencies that are holding you back from the life that you deserve. And what we've discovered in doing this now with thousands of CEOs, executives, professional athletes, businessmen, Hollywood celebs, and entrepreneurs is that there is always room for improvement and optimization. So if you're looking for help with this stuff and you'd like to see if you're a fit to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, this program is usually full year-round with a waiting list, but we just had a few spots open up. 
and I wanted to make this available to the listeners of the Biohacking Secrets show first. So what you want to do if you want to apply is head over to biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching. That's www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching, C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G. Fill out the short application form. And if you're pre-approved, you'll be given the opportunity to book a time to connect with someone on our team and see if it's a fit. Thank you so much for being a part of this community. I look forward to potentially going on this journey together. 